It's the Weekly Wrap with your host, broadcasting legend Bruce Wolf, and his trusty sidekick, comedian Tim Slagle. And now, without further ado, Bruce Wolf. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the Weekly Wrap. And uh, Tim, uh, it's kind of easy this week to figure out where <laughs> you are right now. You're obviously, for those of you who are watching this, and if you're watching this, you may see that I look frozen. And that's not not any kind of glitch uh in the in the in the production it's just that it's zero it's because of the here. arctic temperature yeah, i i can't move experiencing. I'm, I'm actually i'm actually frozen <laughs> you on the other hand are in uh, punxsutawney right now right in front of uh unless you're you may be in a porno movie right now uh because the place <laughs> is called gobbler's knob i believe so um yeah uh you know my only problem did, did you like the movie um groundhog day I have like never I have never seen it. Wait, everybody's seen it over and over and over again because it's about the guy living his life over and over and over again. And you haven't you haven't have, seen it at all. I have never Is seen there a it. reason for that. Isn't there a reason just, for that? Uh, just just never got around to it. When, yeah, when, when it first came out, I got it. Somebody said that they that it was that it was horrible. So I never bothered to go see it while it was in the theaters. And I had no idea that it was going to become icon as iconic as it is. Oh, it's like the best one of the best movies ever, supposedly. And, you know, it's yeah. funny. I mean, I actually I don't want to drop names so much, but I actually knew Harold Ramis a little bit, <laughs> played golf uh -huh. with his father, you know, and, and oh, wow. you know, I interviewed him on TV and he was just the nicest guy in the world. But um, it, I did have a criticism of the movie. Uh, which you know, you're not going to be able to counter. Thank goodness. Uh, you'll, you'll have plenty to counter in, in this. But um, Bill Murray is is the protagonist and it's all about his development and, uh, you know, his his, his <laughs> personal growth. But Addie McDowell is the uh, uh, female in this one. And of course, she's a cardboard character. There's absolutely nothing wrong with her. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's it, that was the beginning of where, you know, women were starting to be portrayed as superheroes. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, you can never you know, cast aspersions about them. And Addie McDowell was just, oh, she, she was just she was just there perfect to be a prop for Bill Murray, who's the only real human being in this. But it, it was it's a great movie. <laughs> It's a great movie. It, just a slight flaw there. So during the pandemic, during the pandemic, I did have uh, my alarm set to "I Got You, Babe." So, so oh, there I'm you go. I there am familiar go. with that portion of the film, at least. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we are recording this on Groundhog Day. Um, but um, of course, the big story the last uh, week is has been what happened in Memphis. And Chris, our producer, said that he might have be rolling some footage of the beating uh, in, in the background. Um, and I, 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 I confess, I haven't watched it. I've seen some stills of it. Uh, I still haven't seen the beating of George Floyd. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to work my way up to the Zapruder film. Uh, so I, I, ju <laughs> I just don't like watching these things. I believe him. You know, I believe, you know, what, what, what's happened here. Sure. Um, but uh, but what's interesting, of course, about this is, uh, you know, from the people who brought you that a woman can have a penis. Uh, we apparently uh, are blaming this all on white supremacy. So <laughs> I, I, I just love that no, take sir. on it, uh, even though it you know, was all black officers against against a black guy and the police chief is black and the uh, mayor is black. And it doesn't matter because, you know, the Marxist view of everything, it's all the system that created this anyway. And 
everybody's just a puppet of, uh, you know, the of dialectical materialism or whatever. I mean, it, it's just it's so ludicrous and so tiresome now. But there there it is. White supremacy was the cause of all this, Tim. And I know you agree, of course. So I miss the, I miss the good old days when an evidence like this was held until the trial. I mean, ah, ah. <laughs> I mean, how can you how can you you know, it, it, it's you, you you're seeing the you know, the, the the most violent portions because that's what gets people to tune in. Right. Uh, uh, so it's edited for that. And how wait a are minute. Are get... you trying to show are you actually trying to make a case for the defense right now? This is interesting to me. No, <laughs> no, I'm I am making I am making I'm tired of trial by Facebook. Oh, OK. I, I mean, there's well, no true. reason. Number one, there's no reason why this should be a national news story. It's it's not a it's a local news story. There's a problem with the local police, obviously. Yeah. I uh, agree uh, with you on that. And it's interesting. I mean, remember, we talked about that L.A. taser uh, beating, uh, you know, last week or so. And I I said, did you had you heard about it? Because it while it did make some ripples nationally, it wasn't you know, it wasn't anything that caused any rioting nationally or even demonstrations. Um, <clears throat> but excuse me, the. Um, uh, among among the things I agree, I think it I think it, it should be, an, you know, a local story. This you know shouldn't stir a discussion about so-called police reform. Uh, I, I, among the other absurd things is somebody tweeted, well, you know, these cops were Israeli trained. So I think. Are you <laughs> oh, great. So, there, so not yeah, only join- is it not. Not only is it is it white supremacy, it's the Jews. <laughs> of course, it's always the Jews. And um, but now I don't know how much truth there is to this because, you know, you read, you know, various things. But apparently in order to get this um, special unit put together post haste and they needed it because Memphis had nearly 350 murders in 2021, whereas New York City, which is 13 times larger, had about 480 murders. So Memphis is, you know, basically the murder capital of the United States. So they maybe needed this, this uh, elite outfit, what were they called? The Scorpions, you know, with a real tough name and all that, but they might've lowered standards in order to get it together pretty quickly. And, and in order to have diversity and uh, you know, and I think they lost a lot of qualified officers who didn't want to get the vaccine. (laughs) <laughs> so I wanted to throw the vaccine in there. No, um, no, but I, it's just, um, it's, uh, it, it, it's just ridiculous. Do you I, know, I, and yeah, the media no. is just stoking it. They're, they're, they're running it over and over. They're talking it over you know, about it over and over. They've made it a national news story. And, and, and not only is it a national news story, it's a local Chicago news story. I mean, they've led, the Chicago news is led with this almost almost every night. That's like their their, their number one item is uh, Memphis. More disturbing video revealed of the Memphis beating. And I, I almost think what happened was was after they ran that Rodney King King beating over and over and they got all those riots. The media goes, hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't believe in the conscious conspiracy uh, of the media to do this you know like he had a program director saying okay let's do this so we get riots so that we can cover them so that we can get ratings but i do <laughs> why think not? why not but i do think that what they are trying to do is appeal to an audience and and who is left really to watch i mean other than you santa claus uh to watch uh who is left to watch the local news right now uh you know it's 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 a certain population that, you know, is going to be agitated by this. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just it's meantime, 
we've got a mayoral you talk about a local uh story the, the, the in the mayor's race in chicago and of course the primary being held this month you know when it's cold out which is by design talk about design it's ordered it's done in order to uh help the incumbents although Lori lightfoot may not uh, be able to take advantage of that um but in the uh mayoral race you had candidate willie wilson who was criticized sharply <laughs> Because he has said this on more than one occasion, that the criminals should be hunted down like rabbits. Okay, <laughs> and uh, you well, know that not... is that is controversial because it's yeah. duck season. Yeah, <laughs> you're right about that. You crazy, crazy rabbit. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right about that. He's he's, he's Billy Wilson always a, a little step out of the a, a, a season with uh, his comments. Uh, you know, I was surprised at one of these debates that they didn't uh, say, oh, no, you're wrong. What we need is more midnight basketball. Uh, just that would, you know, would have been the equivalent uh, on the on the other side of the argument. It's just um, speaking it, of midnight yeah. basketball, somebody there was an article I read. I wish I knew the author. I wish I knew where where I read it. But the gist of the article is what's wrong with midnight dishwashing? <laughs> is that if you put up a hoop for a kid so they can hang out on a basketball court and get in all sorts of trouble, that's okay. But if you have a kid uh, washing dishes until midnight, the Labor yeah. Relations Board is going to come down on you so sure. hard. But that would be a good idea. Uh, child labor. Uh, I mean, I, I think that would actually be, you know, would teach a little discipline. There's nothing like washing dishes. You know, right. there was this. Um, did you ever hear Florence King? She was a writer for National Review. She was a misanthrope. She was a, a brilliant writer. And she said, you know, when she had writer's block, she started scrubbing floors <laughs> because it just it was the good discipline <laughs> action. And it's almost like, hey, if you don't start thinking right now, I'm going to make it wash floors. <laughs> this is uh, uh, this so, is this is the rest of your life. Yeah, right. Yeah, so mean, meantime, idea. on the west side of Chicago, um, and the south side, there is news that uh, there was news the other day that a dozen more Kia and Hyundai uh, thefts occurred on the west side. And apparently these are cars that are more susceptible to carjacking. And of course, everybody says, oh, this is terrible. Me, you know, looking at the glasses, 10 percent full. I say this is good news. It shows that people on the west side can afford Kias and Hyundais. I mean, I, I didn't know that, you know. Aren't Kias and, Kias and Hyundais are the are the cheap cars, but but even that they can afford them on the west side, they can afford these cars. I mean, I thought they were all people taking public transportation or oh, walking okay. five I miles. I didn't oh, know okay. that they can afford Hyundais and Kias, but yeah, apparently that those cars are. Now are they are they are they being carjacked or are they being are they being uh, both uh, probably stolen carjacked? Well, because because uh, what it, what I understand one of the ways that they cost the the cost cutting measured is as other cars have a thing that the key is the key has got a chip in it yeah. that the car recognizes. Well, Kia and Hyundai didn't do that. Right. So the uh, uh, old school way of just uh, hammering a screwdriver into the ignition and turning it. Sure. works which they oh. never show by the way they never show that on the tv when it's somebody who's stealing a car they never show how you actually steal the car it's always wires under the dash yeah which... now can you can you still do that because otherwise if you can't do that anymore there's gonna be a lot of uh chase scenes and uh and movies that are gonna go by the boards it's gonna be like if they had if they if they had cell phones during die hard that movie 
ends, of course, as somebody <laughs> once says. If he has a cell phone, it's over. Uh, anyway, this segment is over right now. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. And of course, that's a clip from a while ago. And, uh, as a matter of fact, Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg was so uh, ashamed by that that um, she retired. And I, I think they have a hologram of Barbara Walters in there uh, now hosting the, the view. But uh, uh, actually, the clip's there because apparently this week, uh, Dr. Jill Biden was she was in uh, a, a suite with Roger Goodell, the uh, football commissioner, and they, they referred to her as Dr. Biden during the uh, playoff game. And of course, it's just it's just ridiculous. There's been comments on this, you know, for the last couple well, of you years. Know, why I mean, wouldn't she, she why wouldn't she make a good surgeon general? You know, right. No, I you well, think about it. Right. You've got a you've got a, a the, the, the secretary of transportation rides a bicycle <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when he's not <laughs> breastfeeding his kids uh, or whatever he did. You know, uh, yeah, plus, I mean, surgeon general. Is already crazy. Like a surgeon is in the in the military. He's a general. You know, come on. So we may as well, you know, call her Doctor Biden. Well, I think that's. I think that dates back to the, uh, the the beginning of the country when they actually had someone on hand in case the president needed to be bled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> you have to have a general. You couldn't have a corporal put leeches on, on, on the president of the United States. You know, you maybe maybe you have uh, you know a corporal take out his wooden teeth, but. Um, but so, yeah, calling her Dr. Jill, I mean, it's it's a doctorate of education, which you know is probably the least. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I've got a Juris doctor and the only time I was called Dr. Wolf was in law school by a professor who did it derisively because I, I didn't know the answers to the questions. <laughs> uh, what I what I have learned, what I have learned, though, yeah. if you if you use Dr. Jill when you're writing a joke, it doesn't get pushed down in in the Facebook feed. Oh, if really? Use, yeah. If you use if you use Biden, not a lot of people see that joke. But if but if I you, see, if you I say see Dr. Now, Jill now or um, Dr. Jill's husband. Yeah. Doc, now, Dr. You know, Dr. Jill sounds a little too much like Dr. J. And, uh, you know, I would sue for trademark infringement if, if I were Julius Irving. Um, but um, you, you were mentioning to us, I saw this quote earlier today i didn't hear it but did biden pull another one uh <laughs> what, what did he do what did he do no, biden, he doesn't daily, biden but... said the, the majority the majority of women are half there is a half the women in my administration are women <laughs> <laughs> obviously obviously the rest are rachel levine yeah there you go and i i, I think it's a hate crime against uh, rachel levine and uh, Biden Britain. actually committed it. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Biden had announced was it yesterday that the COVID emergency will end in a few months. <laughs> you know, emergency. The federal government's wheels turn slowly. Uh, they can't just turn this puppy around. Uh, but it, yeah, the emergency declarations will end on May 11th. 
And um, it, the reason for this is, you know, he wants to take credit for ending uh, COVID. But at the same time, they're still trying to figure out ways to spend all that money that they got to spend under the, the emergency powers. Um, my my question is, does this mean that people will finally, it, you know, because I know people and I like them, but I still see them wearing masks when they come into a restaurant. They'll, when they sit down at the table with me, they'll take them off, but they got to have the masks when they're walking. Does this mean they're going to stop that because the president said the emergency was over? Well, how could you? Isn't by definition an emergency something unpredictable? I mean, how can you say the emergency will be over on a specific date at a specific Look, time? Yeah. It, it's no, it's, I'm not it's, asking. It's, come on, we're not we're we're not trying to make sense here. We're just trying to you know, work our way through. Yeah, I this. mean, if an ambulance, if you're having a heart attack, or the ambulance comes by, they say, "Well, this will be over within an hour." <laughs> <laughs> now. I think at one point Biden was actually truthful and he said it's going to be over when the Supreme Court says it is. So, so there you go. Uh, um, meantime, this was interesting. Uh, Mark Halperin, who's this uh, political wag, he was on the, the commentary podcast and he surprisingly, maybe not so surprisingly, said that he thought Trump has a really good shot at winning. And he's not a Trump fan by any stretch of the imagination. He he will. uh He's going to be the nominee, the Republican Party, and he's got a good chance of uh, winning the general election. And some of the points he made were uh, one is he uh, Halpern thinks DeSantis is weak. Another is that Trump has a good campaign team, whereas last time it was Corey Lewandowski uh, <laughs> and, and a wing and a prayer, I guess. Um, the Democrats are weak. And anytime the media go after Trump, it just helps energize the 47 percent of the population that will wind up voting for him. Uh, he thinks that uh, Trump is the second best presidential candidate he ever covered. The first one being Clinton, just for having a feel for the people, understanding the mood of the country. And also that Trump, I mean, he's got this scar tissue from, uh, you know, all the time that he was president and he knows what to do. On the other hand, you know, I see him. <laughs> talking about Coco Chow and whatever. And it's like, it's like, it doesn't sound like a guy who really is serious about running for president, but how, <laughs> it worked, what it do worked I last know? time? I, I, what do I know? I mean, he could, you know, he could navigate his way to, to the presidency again. It just, I mean, it seems like he has lost, you know, like three in a row. He lost in 2016, of course, 2020. Of course, you don't believe that. And, it, it, and then uh, there were the midterms in, there was uh, in the midterms, uh, 2022. But, you know, it, that could be like an Obama phenomenon where Obama was very good for himself, but he didn't really have any coattails and, and Trump might not either. So he could still. All I'm telling you is, just, you know, you may get your dream come true here that uh, <laughs> like Grover Cleveland, we have a uh, another uh, a split presidency like that. And I believe Grover Cleveland's wife for the late 19th century was really hot and uh Melania has got to be just about the hottest first lady, although I do think that I think Don Lemon said the other day that he thought Michelle Obama was more attractive than uh, Melania Trump. But, huh. you know, to each his or her yeah. own uh, on that one. But there you go. You might have a Trump presidency. Well, uh, well, here's the here's the thing that a lot of people I, I haven't really heard yet is that uh, I believe that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will be. um 
old enough in 2024. She'll be 35 years old. She'll be able to run for president. Yeah, I did actually see a clip of her. And uh, I know it's got to be sexist because but she looked like an hysteric (laughs) 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 on the floor. She was defending Ilan Omar. And, you know, saying this is all about, uh, you know, her women of color and everything, keeping her off committees. But yeah, uh, yeah. Right. Who is going to be the Democratic nominee? Speaking of which, guess where their convention may very well be. They're talking about Georgia. Yeah. Well, they took they forced the Major League All-Star game to move from Atlanta to Denver because, you know, Jim Crow 2.0. Meanwhile, there was a poll recently that showed, you know, what percent of black voters thought that they were intimidated in any way whatsoever during the uh, midterms in, in Georgia? You know what the percentage was? Uh, zero. Like, it was zero. <laughs> I mean, usually you can at least get. I mean, Rod Blagojevich had seven percent popularity at the end. It's hard to get down to zero. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was zero. So, uh, yeah. So there's, you know, so much for I mean, you talk about. Yeah, you know, the uh, the people, the boy, the boys who cry, Bruce Wolf, uh, uh, you know, Jim Crow 2.0. And there's not. Yeah, I, I well, that's probably because they're, they're, they're intimidated to answer the poll. Exactly. <laughs> totally. There you go. And, you know, while, while we have you there at Gobbler's Knob, uh, how many more since you do know everything, how many more weeks of winter are, are we talking about? Tim, well, technically, I oh. think I think <laughs> <laughs> you know. Technically, we got the solstice, but but you well, March, emotional. March March six, March six is usually but, meteorological spring. So so we probably only have really, and especially yeah. we, it's been. I mean, we're already past midwinter. Yeah, for a guy still, who talks about meteorological spring being March sixth, and uh, and you uh, uh, you mentioned solstice, it's an equinox, buddy. Okay. Oh, oh the, yep, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Don't. Uh, <laughs> question me because i've seen groundhog day you know like 14 times i know what i'm talking about um i'm afraid of my shadow so <laughs> me too um did you so the latest with hunter is that this is a great tactic first they denied that the and they're still denying it i think it's what called pleading in the alternative they're denying that it was his laptop but in the event it was <laughs> they're trying to sue rudy and steve bannon and everybody for and for disclosing the contents and, and the owner of the shop, uh, yeah. I forgot his name, uh, the Wilmington shop. So, uh, you know, well, yeah, they were the first they were going to sue them and then say, you know, you disclosed Hunter's laptop without his permission. And but then everyone said, laptop. oh, yeah, everyone <laughs> said, oh, is that you're admitting that's his laptop? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think this is uh, uh, analogous. You know, that, that, that old thing I saw it in Annie Hall, Woody Allen was talking about the old joke about the people who are complaining about the food in the Catskills being so horrible. It's so horrible. And they give you such small portions. So, I mean, you know, decide <laughs> what you want. Uh, but uh, yeah, and it, it reminds me, and you know, all these liberals, I, do you remember the Pentagon Papers? Daniel Ellsberg, yeah, you know, yeah. Re- liberates the Pentagon Papers. New York Times publishes it. Uh, whatever happened to, pub- you know, freedom of speech, you know, we want to publish these things. You're it. Uh, I mean, it was bad enough that you had uh, social media uh, black out uh, the New York Post when it mattered. 
and they knew about this laptop for a long time. Hunter knew it was his laptop, but you know, they they managed to you know keep it under wraps. Those, those fifty intelligence experts. Uh, oh yeah, had, right. Had, had well, to it, know, had they to know never it said real. it was Russian disinformation. They said it looked like Russian disinformation. Uh, yeah. that, that's what they said. I so, think Jim Jordan should be preparing fifty subpoenas right oh, now. Oh, I would love that. All fifty I, of those every, guys. Yeah, who, murderers. Who, who's I, whose idea was it? Yeah, Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. So uh, you've seen all of the uh, the clip. And of course, you know, I, um, oh I mentioned before, I haven't even seen the Zapruder film yet. So I'm a little bit behind <laughs> things. But um, first off, I actually read because, you know, I get my opinions by just reading uh, other people. So then they form my opinions. Like I used to read Ebert to determine whether I should like a movie or not. And then I'd go in and. I'd laugh during the movie at certain parts because, oh, yes, Roger, I mean, say this out loud in the theater. Oh, yes. Ebert liked this part. Um, notice the <laughs> notice the lighting in the uh, in, in, in the uh, building uh, in Citizen Kane right here. Yeah, it's foreshadowing. <laughs> anyway, um, the um, I read an article, uh, an essay in Forbes knocking this whole project veritas video which is really neat to be looking at right now uh but from this jordan tristan walker the article in forms even challenged whether walker really works for pfizer okay and i i thought the guy who wrote the article was being clever by you know too much or a half to whatever that old phrase was because that that's easily verified, right? <laughs> so sure, uh, the sure. guy was the the guy was challenging that, and he was also saying, well, you know the uh, the best theory is still that it went from bats to humans, which you know I think there's a lot of currency to the Wuhan lab theory as uh, as well. So sure, um, it's funny at one yeah. point during at one point during the scuffle, he goes, "I feel threatened." <laughs> well here's the thing i'm not so i mean you know what pfizer denied that they're doing doing gain of function research or or, or that they're they're trying to implement that uh the guy was drunk at the time it, we, you know and of course they could talk about things why he's disclosing all this to uh o'keefe well he said he said apparently he was on a date and he was trying to impress the girl because you know that's that's the sure way to that's a sure way to, to sweet talk a girl in, you know into your uh, getting into her apartment and say you know i uh i work on gain of function research well i, I gotta admit it is pretty good but you know on the other hand you are uh you are supposed to keep the secrets when you're working for a corporation but if the if they have, even if that's true, assuming arguendo, it's true that they're thinking about gaining a function research. I mean, better our guys should be thinking about that, about working on that. And you've got to, you got to, it's, it's, it's something that's got to be done very carefully. 
I would imagine. Well, well here's the here's the yeah. thing, okay? Is that is that every year we get a new flu virus vaccine, right? And they say that that they, they think this is going to be the 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 uh, the flu that uh, is most prevalent this season. Well, it, it seems to me they have to mutate that virus the from last year in order to get next year's model. <laughs> so, so I I I don't know that. You know, in, in Pfizer's defense, I don't think what they're doing is that unusual. Well, what what you think Pfizer is creating a flu so that they we have to inoculate ourselves against it? No, 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 no. They, they, they. I think that they're they're um they they're mutating these these viruses. Oh, in order trying, to fight it. Tr- yeah, yeah, in order to fight it, they're trying yeah. to think what what's going to happen to the virus between this year and right. next year. So I think they they purposely do mutate viruses in a controlled environment. I don't know. I don't think they're released. They they they. Right. Oh, here this this one <laughs> this one will evade last year's vaccine. This will sell a lot. No, of it's like uh, they're it's like a good football coach making halftime adjustments. Yeah, they're they're, they're yeah. trying to fight yeah. the next next half. Now you did say that you saw that there's even more that's been revealed because it, there's a little drip, drip, drip coming from O'Keefe on this. And the, the last part is very Andrew Bright. Andrew Breitbart taught him how to do that. Uh, yeah. a, a little, a little nod to Breitbart. Breitbart was the one that says, that's the way you do it is what you do is you put a little bit out there right. and let the media try to cover it up. And then you give them a little more to show that the media <laughs> was, was wrong. Okay. So what's the latest, the, the latest, yeah, we'll go with this. What's sure, the, latest? the latest is the latest is that Pfizer's aware that the the vaccine affects women's menstrual cycles even more so than having a boss who was a woman will affect the rest of the females in <laughs> in the company is that is it more or less than uh, so the vaccine will affect the menstrual cycle and it was has it been for the good or for the bad i mean uh uh it, it, it's for the bad it, it it's uh it, it's i i think there were a lot of uh pregnancy tests bought once the vaccine started ah, going see, out because it. they they're going uh-oh a lot of women were going uh-oh i have not had uh uh, uh my my aunt show up for for over a month i see i see and, uh, okay I so was it's, getting it's... a little getting a little friendly after that party <laughs> i see i see Okay, and that you talk about the guy trying to impress his girlfriend. That would have been the bit of information. Oh yeah, yeah. Because there's nothing, there's her. nothing women like yeah. to talk more about with a guy right. than their periods. It's you know that that that's 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 guaranteed to get you in her apartment. Um, I uh, I told my nephew that I said you know occasionally women will get angry and, and uh, it's because you know it's because it's that time of the month and and it shows that you're a sensitive guy if you remind them that. <laughs> because so i'm a so, joke so when i worked at channel 32 it shows how much little you can actually talk about this and i'd like this entire segment deleted please chris but um <laughs> it shows how little you can talk about it when i was at channel 32 we had you know rich cause Svengooley. okay sure. he actually was for a short time a part-time weather forecaster for us and he was a comedic one you know like in the mm-hmm. spirit of david letterman who didn't really want to be a weather forecaster mm-hmm. but actually was one uh, in indianapolis i believe so um so rich did it for us and you know that um the weather forecasters they used to show this they had that red seal that said ams american meteorological society ams uh-huh. rich actually had the seal on the weather board and it said PMS on it. And uh, and you know what? The news director thought it was the funny. Yeah, the, the, um, the, um, 
The news director thought it was funny as hell. Now, can you imagine somebody doing that kind of joke 35 <laughs> years later? I, I don't think so. My, the world has changed. And I might say for the better. So um, pivoting very quickly here, while we're still able to do this, did you see um, Steph Curry? You know who he is? He's this uh, star uh, basketball player for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he apparently has a $30 million mansion. Sure. And guess what? He doesn't want low-income housing <laughs> near it. I mean, can you? But that's the ultimate NIMBY, not in my backyard. But, you know, here's the thing, Steph. You know, if you have a $30 million mansion, can't you just build a moat around it with alligators in it so <laughs> you make sure uh, the is surplus Steph, population is, doesn't is, get near you? Is Steph biracial? You know, that's a good question. Because um, that, that, that might yeah. explain... <laughs> his, oh, okay. his elitism maybe he maybe it's yeah. the privilege maybe it's the privilege taking over the basketball there you player. go he's, he's a battle within his soul uh, right now <laughs> over that um and speaking of uh there goes the neighborhood uh woodlawn lawn on the was it south side of chicago not steph curry uh, territory uh they wanted to move uh 20 250 migrants as they're now called uh migrants to to that neighborhood uh, to house them there and the people of woodlawn have objected to that and uh yeah why should they be the ones to get the migrants i guess i guess they're using an old chicago public high school they, they might be using one old old chicago public school which i mean they're not good for learning ciphering or anything <laughs> like that so may as well put the uh, migrants in there but um yeah why not uh i yeah i still think they should be put in winnetka uh and will met and so therefore the television station dedicated to winnetka talking to will met wttw could talk about it all the time hey you know we've got uh we've got uh we've got migrants in our area and lots of well, them but they, they don't it, like it, that there's there's it's it's winter time so there's there's vacation properties all over <laughs> all over that's why i thought Mar martha's vineyard was perfect all the all the uh the, the unused property sure especially in the winter yeah. Uh, and the Chicago public schools, of course, are uh, notorious. Got, there's there's a unused. place in Rehoboth Beach, I think, <laughs> where you could probably house about a dozen. Uh, is is that, is that uh, Wilmington, Delaware? Are you talking that's, about? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's the president's uh, <laughs> right, uh, right. Su it, summer it, home that he visited last week. Well, they could they could have the migrants, you know, search for uh, for documents. there. Well, they did. Yeah. The FBI did. There weren't any. No, no, no. But I was, you know, just hire some migrants to do some of the work for fifteen dollars an hour, and uh, and and they can rather help than, find... Yeah, rather than a thousand dollar an hour attorney makes more yeah. sense. Now that's the one where he, they basically said we're we're coming. You may want to get rid of all these documents. Uh, yeah, he was there. He was there last yeah. week because you know January is the best time to visit the beach in Delaware. <laughs> hey, he doesn't really know where he is anyway. So, yeah. And then finally for this segment. I, I read this uh, somewhere that women apparently are uncomfortable going to the gym because they wear these tight outfits and men look at them. And, um, you know, some people have said, well, you know, if you're uncomfortable about that, you know, just get your own gyms. But but the thing is, is that. You know, this is along the lines of something else. And we're, we're going off the air anyway because of the PMS comments. So uh, <laughs> may as well go for broke right here. I mean, yeah, women don't want you to look at them when they're in those tight outfits and working out. But don't they kind of get up, upset if you don't look at them, too? <laughs> I mean, it's, isn't it like both ways? 
Yeah. I, am I am I wrong about that? I do, what, what, why do you need the tight outfits? Why can't what 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 happened to good old fashioned sweatpants? You know they like to see their muscles as they're developing. It, it it's oh. uh, you know an immediate oh, okay. feedback. I, I I totally understand that. It, oh okay. But uh, yeah, I, they like to see the. It's, it's hard the, the to it's hard to please of the muscle underneath the tight moist <laughs> <It's>, fabric. <laughs> look. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that I can't wear that anymore. You know, it's it's uh, not suitable <laughs> for my age. That's the only reason. All right, we'll be back with more tomfoolery. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. Bobby Hall's legacy is not without controversy. He was not only a dynamic player, but a dynamic personality as well. Longtime Chicago broadcaster George Hoffman alludes to Hull's actions off the ice. Obviously, the man had a lot of flaws. He was convicted of assaulting a police officer and accused of beating two wives. Then, there were comments he denied making to a Russian newspaper in 1998 that Hitler had, quote, some good ideas. I think you have to kind of hold him in two hands. Weekly wrap. Uh, does Bobby Hull mean anything to you, Tim? That you were a hockey fan at all in Detroit, or it's? Uh, I remember. I remember the name Gordy Howe. That was sure. the name. That was the name that uh, that that uh, the the guys that were into hockey. I wasn't allowed to play hockey because. Uh, uh, well, it would wreck your figure skating your routine. Hey, uh, yeah. hey. <laughs> you weren't allowed to play hockey. Okay. No, it was my smile. My mom didn't want my smile to. Be oh, old. of course, you know, because it's, it's all the all the boys who played hockey. They all had false teeth. It's so. de rigueur to uh, you know get your uh, teeth knocked out. Well, speaking of Gordy Howe, um, well, actually, Bobby Hall took number nine, not because of Gordy Howe, but because of Rocket Richard. Uh, but I know all this stuff because Bobby Hall was my favorite athlete ever. And you're talking about a, uh, an award winning sportscaster, so that's my favorite athlete wow. ever, easily. Wow. And the reason. Is because, you know, he hit, you know, right when I was, you know, a kid, when you're uh, sure. you, you love that I would go with my father, not even to the games themselves, but to the Granada Theater or the Uptown Theater, because they you know, didn't put the games, the Stanley Cup games on television. They were in closed circuit broadcasts and you'd stand, oh, wow. you'd sit in the movie theater and 500 men. I think they were smoking <laughs> in the theater. Sure. Uh, but they'd stand for the national anthem. And it wasn't even necessarily in color, but you'd watch on this big screen and you'd see Bobby Hull take the puck from behind the net and just skate up the ice and go by everybody and terrorize uh, goalie Terry Sawchuck of the Detroit Red Wings. And those guys didn't even wear uh, helmets uh, in the, or face masks in those, in those days. And somebody told me that Bobby Hull's slap shot back then was clocked at 120 miles an hour. I mean, and that is in the 1960s wow. too, which wow. has got the equipment with inflation. That's like a 400 mile an hour slap shot right now. So uh, he, he was my favorite ever. Now, Bobby was a little complicated and here's I'll announce it right now. It's, I think that is Terry Sawchuck in goal right now. He gets a, an assist uh, from Stan Makita right there. Boy, that, that's really old uh, footage right there. But anyway, um, see, now I'm going to be riveted by the footage and I won't even sure. be able to talk That's about it. anything else. No, no, it's, it's young Bruce. You're young Bruce. Oh, there we go. Here's Bobby Hull. Again. Bobby Hull coming across the blue line. Bobby Hull with a slap shot and a goal. Oh, oh yeah. Man, knocked him over. Knocked Absolutely. the goalie over. I don't know if that saw Chuck, but um, in any event, um, Look, I even knew at a young age that he had his problems, okay, because I uh, this is really personal. But, you know, when I was about 16 or 17, my parents were going through a divorce and, you know, my way of coping with 
things as sarcasm. And I, I came up with a little newspaper called The Daily Divorce with little items about what was going on in, in the divorce with my parents. <laughs> and I oh, you think that's funny, Busty? I'm going to knock your teeth out. All right. So I um, oh, it's adorable. <laughs> right, it's adorable. I'm in the center of the I took a picture of Bobby Hull and put it in the center because, you know, I had good layout and graphic design uh, chops back then, too. Sure. And, and I had a picture of Bobby Hull and I said, Bobby Hull beats his wife. Can you beat that now? Um, I, so obviously <laughs> I was dealing with this and this is, you know, more than 50 years ago. He also just to, you know, make sure, you know, I'm, I'm comprehensive on this. Also tended said that Hitler had some good ideas. Uh, oh, not killing the Jews necessarily, but he had some good the ideas. Trains. He also, the trains on time. And he also, right. I think he also was a drunk as well. So, you know, that's the trifecta of, 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 of sinfulness. But I knew all this stuff. And, you know, I came to terms with that in my life because I wasn't even going to let Bobby Hull take Bobby Hull away from me. It's he was too important. So, um, and you know, I want to know, I want to know more about the daily divorce. Did yeah, you actually me... <laughs> print copies and take it door to door and sell it to the neighbors? Look, I'd like to tell you here. Would you like to know about my parents right now here? No, here. I want to know about the newspaper. <laughs> no, that's fascinating. Yeah, well, no, that's what I meant. I would send it, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm selling subscriptions to that. Um, so, um, <laughs> Anyway, it's not you can you can still read it on microfiche somewhere at your local library. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so Bobby, uh, you know, he had it, it, he dies a, a couple of days ago. He was 84 years old and NBC Sports Chicago, which is like the home station for the Blackhawks. And they're they're homers. OK, they don't they don't you're, they're not that tough on the team or whatever. I mean, uh, when uh, John McDonough uh, bought off the Blackhawk tribe with $24 in merchandise from Hawk quarters uh, so that they could use the name Blackhawk and not get any blowback from it. Uh, you think they examined that? I, I doubt that. But um, <laughs> they said, we're going to examine the complicated life of Bobby Hall. So don't give me the complications. Just give me the guy just died right now. Don't give it to me. <laughs> anyway, there's this guy on Channel 9, Dean Richards. He's like their movie critic. And oh, yeah. theater yeah, critic. I'm, I'm, and everything. I'm familiar with Dean. Oh, you're familiar with Dean Richards, but you're oh, not yeah. familiar with Bobby Hull. OK. All right. Yeah. Fine. All right. So anyway, um, when's he on? He's on Sunday. But he's no, on he's, Sunday on, he's on all the time. He contributes to the, you know their shows and everything. He's a very smart guy. Very, you know, very knowledgeable. Anyway, he um, he he tweeted about Bobby Hull that, uh, you know, he got to know him later in life. And he was always a gentleman, very kind and everything. Well, apparently some people reacted and said, oh, you, Dean, you don't realize how bad a guy Bobby Hull was. So he deleted that tweet. OK, wow. and I didn't like that. So I wrote to Dean Richards and said, no sympathy for him, uh, for Bobby Hull being practically sold into hockey slavery at a young age. And how many times did you go to a Blackhawks game with your dad and thrill to a Bobby slap shot whizzing by Ed Jockerman? Uh, I got no response uh, on that from Dean, but you know, just wanted <laughs> to uh, give him a little pushback in the other direction. Uh, and then uh, we just showed this on the screen just now, apparently, because Chris, our producer, uh, can't stand Dean Richards, <laughs> that apparently Mel Gibson had a problem with Dean Richards. And he called Dean an a-hole on Channel oh. 9. <laughs> I don't even know the oh. circumstances around that. What did well, Dean ask him? It's because Mel's perceptive. That's why. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Dean must have asked him a controversial question. Uh, you know, and Mel is not you know, is used to you know being involved in uh, some controversy. I wish we had gotten somebody a little bit better than Mel to call Dean that. I mean, 
you know, I'm not asking for, you know, the current pope, maybe, you know, the, the former pope, uh, Benedict, somebody, <laughs> you know, with a little better, you know, Mel's kind of a temperamental. It's almost like a, a credit well, to I you found, if you're called I found, an a-hole I found by Mel out Gibson. I, I, I found something out about Mel, and I'll respect him forever on this, okay. is that uh, is Robert Downey Jr. was kind of, uh, he couldn't make any movies because he couldn't get insurance. Oh, okay. is uh is when there's a star vehicle after john candy died during the middle of, in the middle of a film they now have to insure the star before they begin the production so in case the oh. production stops oh, okay and because of his uh, uh proclivities uh, uh yeah. Robert, yeah. robert downey jr could no longer be insured yeah and uh, mel gibson went in and underwrote him said i I'll will tell you I will pay for the, if he dies halfway through, I will pay for the picture You and know, put it, the money in escrow. And it, Robert Downey Jr. would not have a career today if not for that. And I'll, I respect, you, I'll always respect Mel for that. I, I'll tell you, if I hadn't used up all my generosity for anti-Semites and Bobby Hall, I would give it to uh, Mel Gibson <laughs> right now, but I don't have any left. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, so there's this item, Bobby Hall, they didn't the goalies didn't have masks on and he would take a slap shot and there was this goalie on the rangers as i mentioned ed jacobin you could see his hair turning gray as the puck whizzed by it was it was unbelievable (laughs) he had had to be your hero um so um last week i think i mentioned this um you know i i wanted had this joke on twitter um google had ended it you know because they're cutting back apparently they had ended like massages for employees. And I said, and it merited yeah. a laugh from you at the time. Yeah, and, I you know, remember. no need to laugh at it now. But the line was, what was my line, uh, Tim, regarding that? I, I, I don't remember how the, 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 the <laughs> setup into it, but I knew the the punch word was happy ending. Yeah, there were, it was an unhappy ending for them. Yeah. OK, yeah. thank you. So guess who liked my tweet? None other than that. One of your fellow comedians, Jeff wow. Cesario, he wow. liked it. Now, I actually have um, and he's on that podcast with um, Adam Carolla. I think they even have five or ten more listeners to their podcast than we do. That's how popular <laughs> they are. But 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 Jeff Cesario and I actually go back a little bit because you see on this thing, it says he has this um, character called Chet Waterhouse. Well, you are familiar what? that I have a character what? called Chet Chit Chat. Yeah. And they both came around at the same time. And people were telling me for years, hey, Jeff Cesario stole your your bit. And um, I mean, you know, it's Chet. And I think yeah. Waterhouse might be based on Brickhouse. They so changed it to Waterhouse. And I had Chet Chit Chat was based on Chet uh, Kopic and Chuck Swirsky. Huh. Well, I was worried about this and I never even, you know how I don't even want to watch, you know, any of these scenes, uh, you know, from uh, sure. the Memphis uh, uh, killing and and the Zapruder film, whatever. I don't even, I didn't even want to see him uh, or see the actor or, or listen to the bit because I, I was afraid that it was going to be like plagiarism on his part and that I'd have to challenge him and I didn't want to fight. Well, I finally did actually listen to it a f- just a couple of years ago. And it's nothing like my character. So I was oh. relieved. Oh. Plus, plus, uh, Jeff was very nice. You know, uh, a few years ago, he said, oh, you know, we just came up with this independent. You know, Chet is a it's it's a good name. It's a fun name. And that, that that's where the similarity ended. Plus, they were both 
you know, funny, irreverent sportscasters. And, and you know, Jeff, where were you uh, when I <laughs> debuted this on WXRT in 1982? No, I'm sure it's a fine bit. And, uh, and uh, you know, the least you could do is have me on subbing for you for, you know, with Adam Carolla one of these days. But um, anyway, yeah, plug, I, our I po- was... plug our podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And then there was one other item. You see this woman who stole like about a million dollars worth of chicken wings. <laughs> She's from one of the southern suburbs. And, uh, you know, she she literally flew the coop with the with these chicken wings. Well, she, didn't, uh, yeah. she, she didn't even really steal them. She ordered them with the intention <laughs> with the intention to uh, uh, having uh, one hell of a barbecue or something. No, I, no, no. She's going to resell them. Oh, and, well, and, listen. and do you know do you know how she got caught? Did you hear this? No. How did she get caught? Because uh, uh, she ordered the, the the regular chicken wings, not the boneless. <laughs> and apparently CPS does not allow, oh, only I, allows boneless wings in the school. So they're saying, wait a minute. Boy, do I. If she that's had ordered the, boneless wings. Yeah. Yeah. That's she, that's how they nabbed her. She would have gotten that's away how with they it. Nabbed her. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. And that's the weekly wrap on radio and television. Follow Bruce at Bruce Wolf Shy on Twitter and Tim at TimSlagle.com. The weekly wrap with Bruce Wolf, a CP Pods production.